0: This is First You Hustle, a podcast from the Columbus College of Art and Design meant to help students and budding creative professionals put their expertise to use. Have you ever bought something online and then religiously checked the shipping status? That's a rhetorical question. I know you have. I've even looked up Hodgkins, Illinois to wonder why my shipment is spending so much time there. And hey, fun fact, more people work at that UPS facility in Hodgkins, Illinois than live in the town. Anyway... You know where in the world your package is because of something called RFID. And SmartTrack is a company that has built similar technologies and developed other technologies to explore the depth in which information can be stored in products
1: at the end of the day, we want things to be easy for the retailers to be able to react to the consumer's needs, and we want things to be easy for the consumer to really enjoy a frictionless experience. When I'm trying to find something on my phone or I'm trying to find something in the store, I don't want to go through a bunch of unnatural directions to try and figure out what my purchase decision should be. I want it to just be presented to me based on the criteria that I have, and that's where I think the creative skill sets are very
0: important. That is today's guest.
1: My name is Tom Bishop, and I'm a senior director responsible for our global technology solutions, alliances, and customer success.
0: And we're going to explore where this innovative technology, the user experience, and the need for creative minds all intersect. Morning, Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Jordan Bell, and this is our 24th episode. The Jack Bauer of episodes, if you will. Before we get into today's topic, a quick reminder about where you can find us. We're actually on the radio now, too. So if you're in the Columbus area, tune in on Monday nights at 7 p.m. on WCRS LP FM 92.7 or 98.3. We just started sharing episodes on that platform. And for the most part, it is similar to what you will hear here. Just edited to fit a 30 minute block. We will also feature our call-ins on that platform, so call the show at 614-636-0874 to leave a message that might be featured in future episodes. You can then ask questions, tell us your stories of success or failure, tell us your hopes or fears, and we may address them on the air. But if the podcast format is more your speed, just make sure you are subscribed. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, or like us on Facebook facebook.com slash first you hustle to get updates about new episodes and hey speaking of updates tom bishop from SmartTrack is our guest today tom will tell us all about SmartTrack in a moment but in a nutshell it is curating a quote internet of things by laying information on products you know products that can give you updates this helps with all kinds of things from supply chain management logistics to safety to streamlining the user or customer experience in today's world The user experience is often what edges out products from the competition. And when you have a well-engineered piece of technology and a user or customer base that could benefit, you'll find that there is a missing piece right in the middle where the two come together. And that is where the creative touch enters. Making this technology easy to access, easy to use, and not encumbering on the user's experience is an art in of itself. And that's why a technology company is being featured on a program about creative careers. Here's my interview with Tom.
1: So SmartTrack is a global company. We were founded uh, in 2000. So the last couple of years, we've kind of moved into more of the software arena. So who is SmartTrack and what are we? Um, we uh, ideally or essentially uh, digitize products. So any product that might be out in the market, um, we can associate uh, with our transponder technology and identity to that product. And then we can track it. We can um, provide sensing information on it. Uh, really a whole bunch of data that we can collect on that product as it moves from manufacturer um, out into the customer's hands even beyond the customer's hands. We were started in 2000 as a hardware company out of Europe. We have since uh, moved into more of the software arena where we're now providing um, solutions and collecting data um, from those chips to uh, to help companies make real-time decisions on what they should do from an efficiency, logistics, customer experience standpoint.
0: What are some examples of products or or projects that you're currently working on, like implementing this technology?
1: So we work primarily in three industries, retail, retail, logistics, and industrial manufacturing. In the retail space, it's really working with high-end luxury goods. We have a variety of being able to digitize these products. Um, some are invisible inks we can put on them, and others are just enabling the tag or the um, sticker price, for instance, with some embedded technology that allows us to um, collect information about that product. So in the retail space, um, it's typically making sure that the product is authentic, it's not counterfeit, um, being able to help those retailers ensure that they get the right product to the right place at the right time. So, for instance, a store might be out of a certain um, style or a certain type of product. We can help them understand where the replenishment products are on the supply chain and get it there more efficiently. In the industrial space, uh, a lot of our digitization is focused on machines and assets that are either in the factory or out at work sites. Um, we're able to identify based on our certain data we collect that a machine might be ready to fail, a conveyor belt might be ready to break, or in some cases, a truck might be getting ready to run into someone that's out doing construction work. Um, We also have use cases where we can identify who is checking out certain types of high-end equipment at certain times during the day. Are they using the equipment properly? Are they checking it back in at night? So again, helping to prevent shrinkage and, and loss of their assets, but then also saving lives by making sure that trucks aren't running over people when they're out there doing construction on some of these sites. In the logistics space, it's um, having sensors um, on the trucks or on the ships or on the planes that interact with the digital identities we're putting on the product to help track where that product is at any point in time. Uh, In addition, being able to identify when that product goes from one person or one carrier to another, when that happened, what was the state of that product. It's particularly important when you look at um, refrigerated or frozen goods, where we're trying to make sure that at no point from when that product leaves the farm to when it hits the grocery shelf, um, that there hasn't been any um, any issues with temperature, um, bacteria, pH level, anything that might indicate that that, that, might, that product might be bad for consumption.
0: I think naturally you think of all the applications of this being in logistics and safety and security. and That's probably where the, where it started in 2000. Now in 2019 with technology, I mean, we all have like an RF reader in our pocket basically. Um, how how is the how's what your company does changed with like emerging technology as far as going beyond just being safety and logistics. It can be I can see a lot of applications for this giving additional information on products to consumers, consumers being able to interact with products. How have you started focusing on on that area of, of product enhancement?
1: Yeah, so that's a pretty insightful question. Uh, traditionally as you mentioned, a lot of our work has been more in the back office. So optimizing supply chains, optimizing inventory levels, again, helping customers get the right product to the right place at the right time and reduce waste and inefficiency. Uh, now that uh, NFC readers are you know, available on uh, your iPhones, um, as, and they've always been, or for a long time, they've been available on Android, but more and more of the user population is becoming aware that they can put their phone up to one of these products and it can tell them information. Um, so we're, we're really seeing a lot more work in that customer experience. Side of things, um, the ability to interact with the customer um, during the, deci- the purchase decision and then after that sale has been made. So, you know, a lot of companies, as we all know, are trying to um, cultivate customer loyalty enhance their rewards programs um, and just provide more stickiness to the consumer so that they don't necessarily leave them for a competitor. Uh, We have a variety of use cases and solutions we're working at there. Um, Some of them are more internal customer focused uh, or company focused where they are um, with customers opting in of course, helping collect information on their profile and their preferences so that they can better market to those customers. So opposed to everyone getting an ad on something, you might get a specific ad that is based on what you like to buy and what's important to you. Uh, on the flip side, we're putting more information into these uh, digital identities for these products so that if a customer, for instance, is in the store and they're considering making a purchase of, let's say, a high-end garment, they can uh, put their phone up um, to that particular tag for that product, and it can tell them a variety around that product's history. Uh, What type of materials was it made from? Where was it made? Um, What types of other sizes and styles does it come in? Um, How quickly can you get it? Is it in the store? Does it have to be shipped? Can they take it to to your house? Do you have to come pick it up? Up, um and any
0: other offers or promotions that might be there. So far everything sounds like it's purely engineering and computer science and logistics and very innovative but where where did the create where does a creative and design input come into a product like this? So we're we're very interested
1: in uh, our partnership with CCAD and the students that are um, gaining skills in, in the creative areas. And there's a couple reasons for that. Uh, certainly our, our solutions um, have a technical slant to them. Um, however, as we talked about earlier, there is a, um, a big opportunity for everyone around the consumer engagement and the consumer experience. And in, in our mind, it's not just being able to provide a very simplistic information. Where was this product produced? Um, what material is in it, for instance, is, is some of the, or you know is it safe to eat? But I think it's more around making things easy. Uh, we just came from the Natural, uh, natural Retail uh, Federation in New York, which is an annual retail conference that just about everyone that's involved in retail in the world goes to. And it was interesting because there's a lot of great ideas. There's a lot of neat technology. There's a lot of very cool stuff happening. But at its fundamental core, everyone was focused on one thing, which is simplicity, just making things easy. An example, I would, you know, at this particular event we were at, we had badges that we were wearing, which allowed us access to certain areas. At lunchtime, of course, everybody is up on the main pavilion trying to get lunch, and we had to pull out our credit cards to pay for the lunch. Well, in a more easier, simplistic world, why wouldn't we just have the badge with an identity on it that could tie back to our company account to where we could just walk past a scanner and would automatically debit us for whatever food we picked for lunch? So... At the end of the day, we want things to be easy for the retailers to be able to react to the consumer's needs, and we want things to be easy for the consumer to really enjoy a frictionless experience. When I'm trying to find something on my phone or I'm trying to find something in the store, I don't want to go through a bunch of unnatural gyrations to try and figure out what my purchase decision should be. I want it to just be presented to me based on the criteria that I have and allow me to make a quick decision. And then once I've made that decision, get that purchase transaction and and get me on my way. So when we talk about CCAD and what they provide, a big part of what we're trying to do is to understand the consumer experience. And understand that in ways that consumers want to react with either providing information, sharing information, or digesting information. And that's where I think the creative skill sets are very important. We need to build personas around different product lines, understanding buyer behaviors, buyer interest, capturing that information, translating that back into marketing presentations or demonstrations or things that we need to negotiate with our partners and our providers so that they're, bringing, they're making our technology the best it can be to solve those types of challenges and to provide the best experience for consumers. And even the other areas when we talk about inside the warehouse or uh, with the logistics truck, you can imagine we'd like to understand what are the issues for that warehouse personnel? What's gonna make things easy for them to leverage our technology to make their jobs easier as well. So again, a lot of it comes around leveraging these skill sets to help us build the customer personas, understand buying behavior, understand warehouse, really any sort of user that might be interacting with the product. What is going to make things frictionless? What is going to make things easy? I think that the skill sets that are coming out of CCD can help uh, provide those answers for us. And then even uh, beyond that, uh, with our demonstrations and with our artifacts and with the way that we present ourselves as a company and market ourselves as a company, we really want to leverage a lot of the latest technologies. So, you know, I, I talk a lot about internally uh, gamifying our assets or... Um, you know, uh, adding augmented reality or virtual reality for that matter, um, mo- slow motion video animation, illustration techniques. Everyone consumes information a lot of different ways and we want to make sure that we capture all those different types of methods for gaining whoever our stakeholder might be, gaining their interest, getting their experience, getting their buy-in.
0: You recently had a CCAD student work on a project with you. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about what that project was and what their role was?
1: Sure. So uh, we identified a couple of uh, students um, that were looking for potential internships. Uh, we, we Actually, we do have a couple internships that we're working on qualifying students for, for the spring and the summer. Uh, we put a, a holiday project together which we offered out to some of the students uh, right before everyone left for the break. And uh, we had a student accept the offer. We basically provided a, a set of assets and artifacts. So some of the current demonstration materials and presentation materials that we use when we're marketing to our partners and customers, and basically said, can you take this stuff and gamify it? Can you add animation? Can you add illustration, um, video, whatever, uh, put some sound bites over it, but basically take what we consider flat assets and flat artifacts, meaning that they don't necessarily pop and sizzle and, and provide a lot of, um, I guess, modernized sort of messaging. And we basically said, hey, try and, you know, with whatever, whatever experiences and, and capabilities you have, go just try and take this and uplift it into more of that dynamic level.
0: If you were talking directly to a student, how might you describe to them, uh, you know, I can see it taking, it's kind of a, a little bit of a learning curve for a student that's in a creative environment. Uh, choosing a creative major, you know, at a creative institution to hear about, you know, what your company does and the proxy you do, then how would you explain to a student what their role is and what skills they can bring to the table? I've been in this industry for
1: 25 plus years. I did not ever think I was going to get involved in technology and computers. I was, I was heading off to law school and uh, a few other things like broadcasting. Uh, But ultimately, I I ended up uh, talking with one of what back then was called the big four firms. And they kind of excited me about the opportunity to go into a bunch of different businesses and see how they do things and and try and help them do better. So see the world, go out and learn a lot around about the business community. And so I got very excited about it, went out. And, you know, I've been in this business ever since 25 plus years. I came to SmartTrack from IBM about a year ago, Um, lived here in Ohio for about 18 years. And the thing that excited me about SmartTrack is, the technology and the company and and the culture that we're trying to build here in Columbus and, and really across the globe is very much focused on trying to be more progressive and doing things that a lot of technology companies that I've worked for and seen just haven't done in the past. Typically, the technology companies that i work with kind of surround themselves with everybody kind of on the same page. So to your point, a lot of computer science, uh, a lot of uh, folks that are involved more on business or just engineering, things that are a little bit more dry. And our point of view is that to be progressive and to truly provide some of the experiences and solve the use cases we've been talking about, it really takes a diverse set of skill sets. And so when I would talk to someone here at CCAD about what we do uh, and and how they would fit in. Again, our idea or our Our tagline is we digitize products. Anything that's out there gets an identity. But then it's really what we do with that. It's the information we collect and how we appeal to the different stakeholders that would benefit from having our technology in the product. And that's where I think the creatives come in, Uh, the ability to, again, take our assets and take our artifacts and the things that we use to market what we do, the things that we use to communicate what we do. When we go to seminars and and when we go to uh, events like NRF where there were 40-some thousand people took over the uh, Javits Center for four days and you had thousands and thousands of retailers and vendors at this show being able to appeal to them having flashy, exciting, interactive, very cool ways of communicating what we do and getting people thinking about what we maybe even haven't thought about yet. So I really see folks like this being able to come to the table to bring new ideas, bring new communication methods. And when you talk about career path, there's a lot of ways that these folks can very quickly ascend to senior roles within these types of, you know, with our company and others. It's, you know, the marketing function, the communication function, the outreach to, again, a much more complex environment that we've ever been in before. Our products can be sold to a variety of companies in a variety of phases of what they do. Again, we focus on retail, industrial, and logistics, but we certainly have a lot of case studies in healthcare. We have a lot of case studies in utilities and energy, and I can go on and on. We just kind of have to focus. As you mentioned, there's so many use cases out there. We almost have what we call use case-itis. There's just so many, we kind of need to focus on where we know that there's uh, immediate opportunity. That's what we're doing. But creative certainly can help us open up new markets with the ability to translate a lot of the stuff that we've thought through and help us reach out those other areas with just some, again, thinking that's a little bit outside the box. And so, again, I, I think there's quite a bit of opportunity for folks like that to contribute and provide value in a company like ours.
0: Are there specific majors that you look for? But because so far it's been described as a, a certain skill set, is that agnostic to a major? Do you take from every majors, or, or is it very specific to like industrial design or one one major?
1: Uh, so my uh, my personal opinion is we could be fairly generic in terms of the majors. Uh, Certainly, I I think folks that have a little bit of industrial engineering background can help us because there's a little bit of technical foundation there when we're talking about facilities and and the way that things kind of move within environments. And so that's important. But I've been very impressed with the work products I've seen coming out of the uh, video and the animation and um, the illustration group as well. So, you know, a lot of it's about the person. Um, A lot of it's about attitude. If someone is excited about coming into a company like ours, um, wants to be part, of really a startup within a very established company. We have about a 1,000 employees across the globe, but here in Columbus, we just opened up the software headquarters uh, for our global capabilities. Uh, we on a very strong hiring trajectory. We're looking to get to 30 people by the end of this year. We're about a third of the way there. And, and so being part of an office that's uh, very much all hands on deck, everyone's running around doing a lot of stuff and being in a very exciting, really robust, space where we're getting a whole lot of attention in the markets and and explosive growth. Um, people who can operate in kind of, or want to operate in that kind of dynamic environment and learn very quickly, wear a lot of hats, be able to contribute in a very collaborative type environment, I think is, is more important than the major itself. And again, I, you know, I look for people that, um, have high energy and can communicate and want to learn things. And, um, for me, that's probably the most important thing. The degree is great; it shows a lot of discipline and the ability to overcome a lot. Um, having gone through college myself, and I've got a uh, I've got a daughter right now in her junior year who's kind of making me relive all of those experiences. Uh, so that's a great foundation to have, and um, certainly that's important. But I, but I think the attitude and and coming out with a hunger um, to want to grow and want to contribute is is probably the attribute I look for most.
0: You mentioned video illustration animation. Is that a need for like motion graphics and, and video, uh, that would be integrated into these products? Is that, is that where those skill areas would be?
1: Uh, I think it's in a variety of, of areas. Yes. I mean, when we look at the um, at point of sale and post point of sale, uh, point, point of sale interaction with uh, consumers, it's it's taking what might be a dry URL redirection that we give them and making it more dynamic. Uh, again, I'd, I'll come back to uh, gamification because I've got some personal experience in cultivating customers with, with gamification on websites and stuff. And I think that's a very important Uh, aspect of building brand loyalty and and building customer stickiness uh, to entertain while you educate and while you inform. Uh, So I I can see a big opportunity there as we're developing
0: out that part of the market further. What are some upcoming opportunities that uh, students or maybe even um, graduates that are going to be graduating in May, what type of opportunities can they look forward to?
1: Well, as I mentioned, we're hiring across the board here in Columbus. We have a a new 10,000 square foot office opening up in Polaris in about two months. Uh, It's supposed to be very modern. It's taken about six months to get to this point. So I have very high expectations as to how that office is gonna turn out. But uh, we are hiring across the board, everything from uh, traditional programmers and analysts and designers and testers. Um, We have a pretty senior team here within Columbus already in place. And we're all very highly motivated to mentor and, and to bring students along to help them develop into the early stages of their career and, um, you know, be at a a point where they can get promoted and and kind of move on into bigger and better things. So uh, initially, we've got a couple internships that are going to be open here. We're already starting to collect candidates uh, to come in and do some initial interviews and kind of talk about what we're all about and uh, see what kind of interest we get in return. And those will be focused on uh, initially looking at our internal assets, kind of like the holiday project. We'd love to be able to turn over a set of demonstrations, a set of presentations that we currently utilize and see if they can upgrade them and, and make them more dynamic. And then from a solution side, ultimately, we would like to have students that are helping us with the deliverables that we're producing out for customers. So again, I'd, I'd go back to retail, help us better understand what a, this particular profile of a perfume consumer what's important to them, what information would they want to share, what would they want to get in return for that information, and help us build out those personas and those storyboards so we can go and communicate that to folks that can make decisions to make investments to make those things reality. If we look at logistics, for instance, it might be the same uh, the same thing, going out and, and helping us work with some factories and some machinists and some transportation companies and look at the way that they do business and look at the different personas that would be touching the product and helping understand what's important to them. What do they want to get out of the information we can provide and what are they willing to share and how can we turn that into a storyboard and an experience and something that we can go to the stakeholders and say, here's what we could do. Here's the art of the possible. Are you willing to fund it and, and get people to basically pony up so we can go make those things reality?
0: And just to clarify that space, you said opening in two months. Is that like March, April, 2019 timeframe? Is that what you're-
1: It is. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that we're looking at um, a March timeframe. I think we have two internships open. One of them a little more technical, creative, and one of them a little more functional, creative, mm-hmm. uh, and certainly I think we're flexible. Uh, again, I'll come back to the perspective of if we find a candidate that kind of fits the intangible soft criteria: motivated, wants to learn, wants to share, communicates well, can think outside of the box, wants to be in a dynamic environment, has a desire uh, to grow into a career from an, from an internship. Um, that definitely is is the primary skill set we're looking for, and again, we would like to see some work product and stuff when we go through our conversations to kind of see what they've done and how that might align to some of our expectations as to what we look for these folks to do.
0: That's great. It sounds like there's a lot of uh, exciting potential and um, thanks for coming in and and, uh, sharing it with students. I think there's a lot of great opportunity here. So really appreciate you coming in and talking with us.
1: Thank you, Jordan. appreciate it as
0: well. That is our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. As a reminder, that hotline for comments, questions, whatever you'd like to share is 614-636-0874. Just leave us a message and catch up on past episodes on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, or facebook.com slash First You Hustle. We'll see you next time. Our theme is Jimmy H. Boogaloo by the Juanitos Creative Commons license from the Free Music Archive.